Hello, lovely podcast people. I hope you are well. This episode is the long-awaited episode on protein and children. I I did consider doing two episodes, and maybe I still will, depending on what questions I get back as a result of this. Please do keep sending those through in whatever format. Um, you know, to guarantee I you get really great answers. The best way to do that is on my website, um, martin-macdonald.com. Uh, forward slash podcast I guess and then just clicking the suggestions and feedback thing you can just click there if you want to you know you can write episodes and this this episode has come from many many questions about protein and children and then I put something on Instagram and a load more questions came in so it's there's some good stuff for me to cover but the questions were just this is the best thing is when you guys loads of you ask the same question I think you know what that's it's worth my while going and doing a decent episode on this topic and the other reason that I'm particularly enthused or was enthused to do this was because I genuinely see a fair amount of food slash parenting anxiety. Lots of you are aware that I love parenting <clears throat> and I love being able to give advice when asked on aspects of nutrition and or parenting and uh, uh, and or both. <laughs> um, and so I see this anxiety with people with young children normally their first child and normally younger ages like particularly after weaning post weaning and then during maybe some of the f slightly fussier formative years your kind of threes fours fives in that stage where maybe they're still consuming some a bottle bottled milk or formula like a, or just a bottle of milk before bed or every so often and, and it's somewhat of a comforter um, that they might be using and I'll just say this now actually slightly off topic but hugely beneficial two things that I've again just see in you know essentially friends um, with children is and and also through me just mentoring lots of nutritionists over the years who have then had children and, and just discussions, a really, really common thing is that a child will be consuming too many calories from milk. They love milk. They're used to it. It's great. Um, reminds them of num nums, <laughs> booby milk. Num nums is what I used to call uh, breastfeeding when I was a kid. Uh, when I was breastfeeding, as many of you know, I was breastfed until I was five so a bit weird remember stuff and you consume those calories and therefore you're you know it's like oh he or she's not eating he or she won't finish their food or eat this and but then they're just guzzling down hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of calories from milk so by restricting that limiting it you know getting to the point of actually measuring out and reducing you'll see the appetite for food start to go up and that's really really helpful we know that we're just boatloads of milk um, and especially when they go from being breastfed to eating food and we want them to be absorbing iron and lots of the non-heme iron sources that children might be getting you know consuming lots of milk around that can actually slightly reduce the absorption of that um, so it's you know still milk's still great you can consume it at other times um, dairy in general uh, but trying not to just 
have it taking up too much space in the diet, I suppose. The other one that I'll just say, this was just really off topic, was just juice, juices, squashes. I've said this before. But again, people I see really struggling with children, with fussiness, with not wanting to eat certain foods, lack, you know, struggling with getting them to go with variety. And then I, it's just such a common thing. And it, it fits, you know, it's not just observ- pure observations and anecdotes. It fits with the research on taste perception and just these insanely sweet you know, I'll call them kids' juices, squashes, whatever you want to call them. And they're just sipping these between meals, like, oh, I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty. And parents being like almost hyper vigilant, of like, oh, I've got to keep my kid hydrated, you know, make sure they drink enough. And so they're, you know, trying to encourage it. And they will drink more if it tastes amazing, like these squashes do. But then struggling with their food. Uh, I've always kind of said, well, my children really don't have any squash with me ever. And keeping that out of their diet for as long as possible, I think is just a great thing that you can do. Like water's brilliant. They love water as children, generally, if if, if all's well. Um, anyway, so just a thing to consider. It, most certainly not having it at the start of a meal, because I've said this before, You, they sit down at the table, they take a sip of this thing that just basically tastes like rainbows and and happiness and love and affection and good things kids drugs and then you say to them right eat your peas or eat your broccoli or eat your whatever and they're like hell no like that tastes like unhappiness (laughs) um so yeah Anyway, on to the topic of protein after about 5 million hours of chat. Um, It's quite an easy one. How much protein should my children... And I've got boatloads of questions actually written just from these places down. There's like 20, 30 different questions. Lots of them under kind of half-decent banners. The main thing I wanted to say, really, and the main thing I want to get rid of is this food anxiety for parents. Like, just freaking out and this was one thing even with me there was a a short period I was like oh my goodness like I really really do care if they have protein at lunch so when we were out on day trips I was like oh like I was always thinking okay if I've taken like a picnic basket and then or not basket you know just a picnic pack up and where can I I was really thinking about protein and I always think just about variety but it was always like variety and protein you know uh fruit and veg and and carbs and variety and but then it was like protein where's my protein and there there was just a thing i was like why am i doing that like they they don't need it uh as as much as i think it's stressing me and as much as i'm trying to ensure they have it and i've never tried to push protein on them but i know Parents are like, they need to have a serving, whatever that really means, of protein at each meal. And they really start to treat their children like themselves. So if they're like really healthy eaters or they're athletes or anything like that, and they just get this anxiety that is just really, really not founded. So and people say to me, like, how much do protein do kids need? And, and um, do we need to emphasize it? Do they need to have... 
like these feedings like adults every whatever hours and it's like no stop applying your like weight loss fitness industry health even industry narratives to kids what do kids really need energy like almost number one i'd say energy um i I say almost because you know the medical research council in africa has done some great work in terms of just providing children with energy but not micronutrients and and an actual nutritional density and actually you end up if they grow but they're not growing with the right minerals they actually end up worse off because they're growing and they therefore their needs of those are like depleting sores and it's not good so in terms of you know aid and and stuff like that there's some good research but anyway talking from this position of like hopefully somewhat food adequacy they need energy energy is super important and i do get these questions of well you know they're, they're, they're always they're going for carb and fat foods and it's like yeah because those foods taste great and they're growing and they need calories happy days like as long as they've got food variety so i just i just want to put it in perspective like past um like you can just go on the internet and type in you know how protein needs for children you can just look up these numbers the thing i want to say is you just get these absolute values so it will say you know 15 grams of protein for a three-year-old for instance and it's like what (laughs) why why exactly that amount what if i've got a big kid what if i've got a small kid how much and that's where it can become tricky and that's why it's just a shame really that we don't have more relative dietary prescriptions relative to the size relative to the body weight with with something like protein you can do that so for protein you can pretty much uh, uh, and someone someone asked it was just like a question about um, puberty anyway i can't find it by this second it doesn't matter uh you know does puberty change the needs of protein this that and the other and the amount that protein needs change with things like puberty and, and age is so small outside of you know prepubertal versus uh, postpubescent um is so small outside of just how much the kid weighs you just just don't worry and especially as probably the recommendations that i will tell you now um kind of circumvent that anyway now so so first of all the dietary guidelines that we're given are still based on quite outdated methodology but it's good enough and it's the reason it's also good enough is because in the western world mostly we are in a position where we get enough protein and it's all good and you guys can stop worrying about it um in general like even as adults we're getting enough protein to not pro be protein malnourished and um and we're eating we're eating more than the recommendations like you know 150 percent of the recommendations give or take uh you know 50 percent more than the recommendations 
you know, which is great. Uh, and actually probably optimal as ever so, so slightly more than that for healthy aging and longevity and appetite control and, and um, you know, ha aging healthily into older age in terms of bone health and body composition and stuff. But anyway, so coming back to what I was saying is you've you know, if you've got a five-year-old and they're, they're of the median weight, and you can just weigh your kid, right? But again, it's like... Uh, the the good thing is when I say that immediately some people will be triggered. Now weighing your children doesn't have to be um they've got no real concept of that. So uh, my children, you know, they'll jump on my scales and in fact the other day I think they were going for a bath or something and they came in to the bathroom and I think Arlo was the first one to get on the scales and he got on them and the number comes up and again, it's just, it's it's kind of like, I'm sure some people would almost be emotional over it because the scales being such a negative thing in their life growing up and now they're in, as an adult. But he like gets on and then he, uh, you know, if you're on Spotify now, you can click down the bottom and actually the video will come up on YouTube, you can see me, but those of you listening on Apple or, or elsewhere, you won't be able to do it. But if you just imagine like, like bending your knees and like gritting your teeth and he was like looking down and it, he was try essentially trying to make himself heavier. So he was like pushing down and he was like squatting, like trying to make the number go up. And he was so annoyed that it couldn't. And then Oli was like, let me try. And she got on and then she she's unbelievably flexible. She like does a full squat and she's like Argh! trying to make themselves way more so that they're stronger and better superheroes whatever <clears throat> so you know and they're, they're like oh I'm a whatever number and they want to be bigger than the other one it's always like bigger is better and older and higher number and whatever so it, it's quite nice in terms of really what happens to some children and adults <clears throat> And I'll just say this, I actually probably should have said this in another podcast I did about, but it wasn't about calories for children, but just talking about this, don't talk to your kids about this stuff. Um, I probably should have said that at the beginning, sorry. Don't don't talk to them about this. Like, kids don't need to know this detail. I'm doing this podcast for you as an adult to reduce your anxiety and stop being you being a gimp to yourself and to them. And you can covertly have a look at their dietary adequacy if you think for some reason that they're not eating enough protein um, and you can change their habits through lifestyle changes and what you cook them or what you make available to them as the parent so if you are concerned you can go right like I will it's the perfect scenario because if you get an adult to do a food diary they change the way they behave and they lie both knowingly and unknowingly um, you know, under report, you know, by accident or under report on purpose, lying. But the problem is, as soon as someone has to start writing down what they eat or they're pouring their cereal into a bowl, watching the scale go up, they change their behaviours. It's one of the inherent issues we have with dietary research. But but you are then preparing their food, they're choosing what they eat, and you're just, you know, it's like, can I have a baby bell? Yeah, sure, go and grab one from the fridge. Write down one baby bell. Oh, like, what do you want for dinner? Oh, I want, you know, chicken in a wrap. Okay, cool. Oh, daddy, can you do barbecue sauce with a kiss and the mayonnaise with a hug? <laughs> this is what Wally and Arlo say to me. Yeah, sure, darling. Make you that. Um, And then I could weigh. I've never, ever done this because... 
just I know they're fine. I've never even tried to roughly calculate their protein intake um, because I know they're getting plenty and I know it's not an issue in terms of, um, you know, really lots of nutritional stuff really needs to come from a place of, there's even lots of arguments for like don't go and get blood tests as a healthy person because you'll potentially pick up an anomaly and then start trying to diagnose or correct or and doing stuff that you don't need to do because you're absolutely fine. It's more a case of if like, okay, if you, if your dietary intake is way off, like let's have a look at stuff. Um, because we could tackle things before they happen. You know, if you having barely any calcium whatsoever, it will take many years for you to screw yourself into a, a place of osteoporosis um, because you're a you know nut job paleo carnivore eating gimp. You know, people going, well, my bones are strong and all I eat is liver. What's that liver king gimp? Um, it's like, yeah, I mean, who knows? He's probably just a complete liar. Um, and just behind closed doors, he's just eating a normal diet. But, yeah, I mean, he's, it sounds like I'm being cynical, but, you know, people lie about having brain tumours and then just to get people to donate money to them and then... They go, oh, I healed it with this herb. You, this is amazing. It's a miracle cure. You should buy it. And then they get found out for fraud and they get fined $2 million and then they go to prison or whatever for fraud. Um, these idiots exist, sadly, in life. So where was I? Protein. Don't talk about your kids about protein. Just have a look. But so so roughly, the, if you aim for one gram of protein per kilogram of your kid's weight, so if you have a... 14-year-old boy or girl, and they weigh whatever, 50-ish kilos. Um, it gets more difficult, I get it, as they get older, because then how are you going to get their body weight? You could just, you know, if you just know their weight roughly from when they were a kid, or if they go for a checkup, or, you know, I'm not teaching you how to parent your children. Again, once they get to that age, there's just different discussions to have. You know, if you've got a 14-year-old, with no body image issues, no weight issues, there's just nothing of issue. Like weighing yourselves because they're a athlete and they're like a brilliant tennis player and you want to just know how much protein to help them and they're really on board with it, absolutely fantastic. That's a great scenario to have in your life. Um, if it's say there's a, an issue where some stupid school has weighed your child, embarrassed them, then you've gone to a doctor and you asked the doctor not to say their weight out loud and they did and they referred to your child as overweight and blah, blah, blah. And then you took a baseball bat to his head and then, then you like, you got off on the technicality and then you got, you're not in prison. And then anyway, honestly, I, I, I've heard horror stories and I hate it, which is why I'm sort of, sort of semi-joking, semi-serious about how I would handle that situation. <laughs> but um, I'm not telling you how to weigh your children. I'm just I'm just giving you the science. You go away and just be the best parent you can be. But be conscientious in how you do some of these things. So whatever. You've got a seven-year-old that weighs 25 kilos, whatever. You've got a 14-year-old that weighs whatever kilos. Take a median. One gram of their body weight in kilograms, one gram of protein per kilogram of their body weight. It, it's very, very similar to an adult. People asking like, I'll stick a reference in the show notes, but 
people asking like, what's the difference between, you know, before and after puberty? Like really interesting, the, the data, the research. Unfortunately, as I said, it's still based on this nitrogen balance methodology. And year, like years ago, 10, probably 10 years ago, maybe more, I wrote an article on the indicator amino acid oxidation method and how it was advancing our knowledge. I'm quite surprised actually I wrote that back then. Well, actually, maybe it was more on nitrogen balance, and then I, but then I ended up discussing uh, the indicator amino acid oxidation method, which tends to it, it, seemingly much more accurate. So in animal research, and I don't mean animal research that then pertains to humans, I mean more like for farmers and for, uh, you know, how to feed cattle the best to make them produce meat and how to feed your pigs and how to feed your horses so that they run fast anyway um places where there's a lot of money for that kind of research and in i think there's some research in pigs i think it was and optimal protein feeding and stuff but basically using the indicator amino acid uh oxidation method and essentially it's a more accurate method and it tends to show that nitrogen balance underestimates so our current guidelines are based on that and what we see is like for a younger child like say 13 and below they're growing at such a fast rate and that's why i did that other podcast on about the calories and idiots saying that oh that's enough calories for a five-year-old ten-year-old whatever but they need more protein but we're talking like i, I think the research is like 0.95 grams per kilogram and then they you know get get older to like 14 and then like 14 to 18 it's like oh they need 0.85 and then as an adult it's more like 0.8 or even just you know lower end 0.6 but these are like the absolute minimums so if you are going to look at this like definitely aim for that or above and then but realistically maybe for optimal health which we just don't know we don't have enough research to be able to tell us really where we should be sitting but again anything f you know if you i wouldn't ever lower your kids protein intake so if you just covertly look at them it's like okay what do they have for breakfast right they have a little bowl of cereal and they have some milk with that oh look they've there was eight grams of protein in their breakfast and then they you know whatever they have some a piece of fruit and or some fruit and dried fruit and nuts mix if they're <laughs> A bit like my children would probably eat that maybe. Um, like there's another four or five grams of protein, and then oh look, and then lunchtime they had some hummus and and some carrots and some. I'm trying to think what they they've had recently, but um, I, I'm trying to again pick pick the type of you know I could just go lasagna for lunch or whatever, uh, or, or like a chicken wrap. But they will just get so much protein from these types of foods. Uh, so I was trying to pick uh, elsewhere, you know, like, so if they have a baby bell, a baby bell, what, five grams of protein again? Um, and then, you know, if they're having milk anywhere, there's going to be some more protein in that. And then, yeah, you know, if they have a chicken wrap for dinner, they've got probably five grams of protein in the wrap itself. And then they might have. Uh, you know, even if they have half a chicken breast, you're talking 
10 grams of protein. So whatever I've just described there, 10, 5, 5, like that's 25, 30 grams of protein. That's, say that's 30 grams of protein. And that's, that's so little food I've just described. You know, that's way, way less than Arlo would eat as a five-year-old. Well, six now, but five-year-old. And I've described 30 grams of protein at least. And he'll often ask for an extra bowl of cereal here or there and anywhere. Um, and that's 1.5 grams per kilogram of his body weight type scenario. So it's just without even trying, he's a real meat eater. So he will, he will, if we make pizza, he'll be grabbing, you know, if we have like roast chicken slices on the site, he'll just be eating those as we make it. Can I just have some of that? Can I just, whereas Ollie is much more of a lower protein eater. And again, it's really interesting because you just see these natural tendencies. And I try to just sort of let them eat fairly intuitively, to use that word. Um, and again, their intuition is to eat donuts and sweets and chocolate, of course, uh, because those things taste amazing. They're high in calories and they f- make you feel great um, in the short term. But again, just kind of choosing what they eat and having extra bits of whatever. Ollie will eat 200 grams of olives in a sitting. Um, I, you know. <laughs> I still tried to limit her olive intake a little bit so that she eats other stuff. But so on this protein front, I hope it's just given you a little bit of an insight into like this this obsession. And you know what? I might do a second podcast, which is more like listener questions and I'll just read them all out. I might just so one gram per kilogram of their body weight. um, You you can go on the Internet if you just if you don't want to weigh them and try and find out roughly what they might weigh you know and just looking at like median uh, percent you know 25th to 95th whatever percent uh, centiles and then where they've been maybe as they were growing up or you know you'll be able to work it out or hopefully you're in a scenario where you can just um you know like if you're going on holiday like you're weighing your suitcase and then often you just kids will just jump on or like I don't know. I'm just thinking of crazy stuff now. Like, I don't know why I'm making such a big deal about it. But it is just because, sadly, we live in a world where people... Like, I just literally saw this horrific... I'm trying to think I could call them out on air. Some... I think it's maybe they're in Northern Ireland. Some meal prep company. Something. A something meals. They posted up a transformation of, like, a kid who looked like maybe nine ten years old and you know the new kids you know i don't think they use kids weight loss range but it was a kid it was before and afters of a kid in four different poses and it's like oh horrific um anyway so i'll go into more like protein shakes and this that and the other actually in a separate episode that's just you don't need to freak out they don't need to have protein at every sitting they just need really adequate protein over the day um, if they are eating a generally good diet, remember they're getting lots of protein. Even like I said, just from a, a wrap, the wrap contains quite a lot of protein. When you're such a little being, um, you know, Ollie and Arlo like like these things. They're called malted wheaties. Like I just don't know why they like them, uh, but now I like them. <laughs> 
just because I'm always finishing the, like the last few in their bowls, and then I've kind of got a taste for them. Um, and I don't tend to eat cereal a great deal, and then it's just that thing, isn't it? Some cold milk. Anyway, you all want cereal now, right? But again, like a teeny tiny serving, a forty-ish gram serving of that will will be like twenty-five percent of requirements of their protein, uh, you know. And and then you're adding the milk, obviously. So it's just. You know, then the wraps, then you've got a bit of dairy in there, then you've got a bit of... And again, with, with vegetarian, uh, you know, maybe this should be separate, but again, like, don't overthink it. People going like, well, what's a, what are good sources for children who don't like meat? It's like, well, just look at all the other foods. Just type it into Google. Like, I, I'm teaching you higher level stuff here. Not like super advanced, but just like, don't ask me just to be a shopping list for you. Just type into Google, list of high protein foods. What foods do they like? What don't, don't they like? What religious or ethical decisions you know like oh my 14 year old son wants to be a vegetarian he won't you know is he gonna get enough protein like cool he's doing that great support him go and look at vegetarian sources of protein they're not hard to find vegan yeah it gets harder don't freak out about protein doesn't have to be at every meal um i've given you that one gram you know aim for 1.5 if you want and you're like miles ahead of where you need to be you don't need to be worrying about it too much it's it's just been hugely overplayed by the health and fitness industry. Like I even call it out on the this idea like, oh, you need to be getting two grams per kilogram. And like I've said it before, coaches freaking out if their clients don't eat two grams per kilogram, despite the fact that they are hitting all their goals and achieving their goals and appetite is in check and, you know, they're getting fitter or stronger in the gym and they feel like they're failing because they, oh, they just, they never get above 1.7. It's like, oh my goodness. Uh, cool. Right. Hopefully that was helpful. Hopefully you can take some stuff away. Please reach out with any questions. I will do another one answering some of these specific questions. A bit more of a quick fire. Cool. Until next time. Much love.